Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast. You know what? Sure, there are other podcasts out there that say that they're the best in the universe. I'm going to throw it out there. This is the best podcast in the multiverse with the name Beast in it. I'm Greg. <laughs> I'm Emily. I don't I'm, know what you're <laughs> I'm Jordan. For the sake of Cybertron, for the sake of the Matrix, I will never stop podcasting. I'm Kendall. <laughs> We cast. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Podcast beef. Uh, but folks, if you're listening in, you are listening in to the finale of both <gasps> our review of Beast Machines and oh. the War and Beast podcast. Uh, we are reviewing Beast Machines season two, episode thirteen, and game part three, Seeds of the Future. Are buried in the past. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I learned from this entire series, and I don't—I still don't know how that played into the end at all. Mm. But that's fine. <laughs> Maybe we'll figure out along. Maybe the seeds of the future buried in the past were our friends along the way. <laughs> I guess. So the seeds were our friends. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Ah, <laughs> uh, interesting episode. We're gonna get into it. Uh, but first, of course, Kendall, why don't you lead us off one more time? Oh, um, so the uh, commentary <laughs> sucked for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I learned was blah 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 religious crap. They talked about like <laughs> spiritual Eastern philosophy for like half the episode, and for the other half of the episode, they talked about Savage Noble, which <laughs> actually he, which actually Bob Bob Skier. Oh, that's what I learned. His it's pronounced Bob Skier. Okay. Um, he, he, uh, he talked, yeah, he talked about, yeah, fuck. Yeah. He called Why, him. Though? He, He's not even in this episode. I'm so I, confused. I know. I know. They, they just, <laughs> the whole thing. That's why I hated the commentary. Yeah. They didn't talk about the episode at all. Um, the, this is the one, the one thing that I gleaned from the whole commentary. And so if, if you're, if you don't like that, there's no other audio clips this episode, and there's, you know, I didn't get audio clips from the freaking fight because I thought that the, that the the commentary would have more insight than us hearing all those great lines and stuff. But no, go watch the episode. It was good. But this is the the one piece of thing. And at this point, we had a conversation with people at Fox and Dave McDermott and Dan Evans, who were the two executives in the show and very huge Transformer fans. Dave McDermott pointed out quite correctly that the reason Megatron is so absolutely fearsome is that whatever body you put him in, he's going to go out and kick serious ass. He's going to. It doesn't matter if you put him in an 18-wheeler. It doesn't matter if you put his consciousness into a mailbox. He's going to kick ass because he's Megatron. And as soon as we had that discussion, Marty and I looked at each other and we just smiled. We didn't have to say anything. And we knew, okay, Megatron's going in the diagnostic drone. <laughs> 
kind of. Yeah. I don't know how one would kick ass as a mailbox. I don't. Know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what, you wouldn't think that Megatron would have been a badass as a diagnostic drone, but he was. True. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe he's like one of those mailboxes where people like put a like. During that one episode of CSI where like these kids are like hitting mailboxes um, off of people's uh, yards because they were just you know rowdy kids, yeah. and somebody put like some like filters with cement. Oh. So it was like a solid mailbox, and when he hit it, he like he like broke his arm and maybe even died from it. Ooh, yeah. Wow. So that's what Megatron wow. would do. He would have cement in him. <laughs> a kid would. Hit. I was thinking more of like one of those blue ones you see on the corner, just attacking people. Because I mean, oh yeah, like the one like more like a like a post box. <laughs> yeah, that could be funny. I mean, like doesn't like a vending machine become a transformer in the movie? Yeah, I can see that. Yes, there's a vending yeah. machine in the movie. <laughs> interesting so did you have anything else there kendall no that's all i got i didn't do any of the other stuff because i put all that time into freaking pulling stuff from the commentary that there was nothing worth pulling from so yeah that's how this show ends <laughs> also by the way when i was watching this episode again i take back all the nice things i said about optimal optimus that's an awful Aww. design like <laughs> It's bad. Like it's bad. I mean, even 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 with Meg, it's better with Megatron. But it's yeah, it's bad. I, I think it's fine in this episode. Whatever. Finally, I get to see like the tank truck mode do something for a change. Did Are you like you don't remember that, or are you saying you did see? No, no, I did see it. I liked it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was nice good. to actually see it do something. It was cool. Yeah. And shot and stuff, and like. My girlfriend was like, he's a tank now, I guess. And I'm like, yeah, he had that form. He just barely ever used it. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was in two episodes, wasn't it? It was like this is his, his debut episode. And like. Yeah. And then the only other time, time you see away. it. Yeah. The limp away. That yeah. was the first the the first part of the uh, uh, the one where Cheetor turned into the Transmetal 2. Yeah. After he yeah. got hit with the rocket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we're doing a bit of reminiscing. <laughs> I don't remember any of this stuff. I blocked most of that from. My- <laughs> I decided I'm, I'm going to sure be blocked everything with Optimus, Optimal Optimus. I decided I'm going to be bitter, grumpy Kendall for this episode. Aww. For the last episode, Ken. <laughs> yeah, Come gotta on. gotta gotta go back to you know gotta go back to my roots. <laughs> so Jordan, what do we have on the wiki? <clears throat> All right, so I'm not going to bother with the technical and animation errors because most of them are just, you know, low-res models and clipping and such. Uh, there's a note of con- in the continuity errors that when Optimus is blown out of the spark chamber room, uh, he finds the deactive body of Thrust next to Silverbolt and Black Arachnia. Yeah. And the problem with this is that Silverbolt and Black Arachnia were deactivated outside of the base, whereas Thrust was deactivated by Cheetor inside the anti-gravity engine room in the previous episode. So that doesn't necessarily put it there. For yeah, pre- preclude the possibility that Megatron's moved the empty. Uh, so in Nemesis Part One, it is implied that Optimus, you know, optimal Optimus, can't go underwater as Jeff Defcharv has to track Megatron alone. Yes. But in this episode, Megatron, using a copy of Optimus's optimal form, is able to go underwater with ease. Different yeah. because wasn't that like because it was the okay okay we could argue that because it was the ocean maybe salt water like, you mean. It, no, I mean more like the pressure. Like what you hmm. go would you go deeper into the ocean, there's like more pressure and like and like depth charge is designed to go into depths. <laughs> charge into depths, you might say. And um Maybe. and and Optimus is like I mean this is just like a sewage thing. Like it's it's yeah. like a river. It's not a big deal. But like under under the ocean, 
Like you need a specific like kind of vehicle for that. I'm I'm, I'm going to say that's sure. why it is. Under the river is much different than under the exactly. Yeah. Very different. Take it downwards, sweater. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's hotter under the water. I couldn't think of anything that rhymed with river. <laughs> Slither. You're gonna shiver under the river. <laughs> None of those work in a song. The liver river. Yeah. I mean, I like cooked liver, but. Ugh. And the final continuity error they mentioned is that Megatron had both a flying robot mode and a jet mode at, to his disposable. Why couldn't he escape his final fall? Yeah, <laughs> true. Surprise. <laughs> uh, so then is holding on. He's like, oh, I'm trying to shift, but Optimus is hugging me. Yeah. I guess he was more like pushing him. I don't know. He's, he's a giant boy at that point. Yeah. Uh, I was like, gotcha, fucker. <laughs> Megatron's final plan involves the key to Vector Sigma, which first appeared in the key. These are continuity notes, so things that they've been keeping up. Uh, let's see. While in his vehicle modes, Megatron stores his spark in his cockpit. This is the same place that Primal stored the original Optimus Prime spark during the optimal situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megatron uses all of Optimal Optimus' modes, minus his removed beast mode, during this episode, arguably with greater efficiency than Primal did. Yeah, yeah, I would <laughs> say so. I would say this is the best fight in this, like for reals. Like, like the, I think it's, if it, I think it's just because it's the best fight. Like they, they really tried to make a good fight, and they, and they succeeded. I, in my opinion. Mm. Oh yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Optimus notes that both, both of them share the Oracle now, following on from the events of the search. Yep. And uh, Optimus, uh, final words to Megatron in this episode, uh, bookend the Oracle's very f- first prophecy in the reformat, as he tells Megatron to prepare to be reformatted. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was, that was, <laughs> there's like a one-liner in this. I don't remember what it is, but that's really good. And I didn't like it's a corny ass one-liner, but I was like, that's actually funny. It's, and I like this. Uh, it's probably going to be under is. the real world reference. We'll, but hold on. Uh, in a truly beautiful irony, Megatron's final scr- shout is no. <laughs> you know, instead of yes. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got some gadget and powers where... Uh, Megatron uses wrist-mounted searchlight as he hunts for Optimus underwater. He can also fire torpedoes, a weapon that Optimus never displayed in Beast Wars. Whatever. And then <laughs> he made upgrades. It happened. Batonica can make plants grow instantaneously, creating a meadow of techno-organic flowers. Yeah, I mean, now that the okay, I guess that's kind of like I won't say what exactly. But I guess I mean whatever. You probably watched the episode, but I won't say exactly what what it, it references to. But like. She's in an area with a bunch of tech and organic plants. She's probably now, like, legitimately one of the most powerful people yeah. on the planet. Because <laughs> she's going to apparently just control plants like, completely, so. Oh, and was the line uh, to do with, it all comes down to you and me, or should no. I say you and you? No, I, I remember what it is now. We'll so, get to it. Okay. Well, we got a real-world reference where Optimus taunts Megatron by imploring, imploring him to bid farewell to arms. That's it. Yeah, that was really funny. (laughs) Uh, He says that, um, and I'm like, that should be bad, but for some reason, it's so good. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) uh, It's noted that apparently there, at the end of this episode, we see some non-transformer animals. A flock of birds can be seen flying above. uh, That was weird. Instantaneously, there's wildlife here now. Cool. I mean, that's fine, I guess. also says Bob Square wanted to de- depict Obsidian Shika's return to Cybertron after the after the uh, you know final events, but they would remain 
the only purely mechanical Transformers on the planet as a penance for their actions. But this scene was ultimately cut for the time uh, it could be animated. You know what? Cool. That would have been something interesting for Bob Skier to say in the fucking commentary instead of <laughs> talking about, oh, yes. And then uh, you see the interesting thing about Noble Savage was that Len Wein had to do the first episode. And I said, why don't you write an origin? And he was like, well, what's the origin? It's like, I don't know what is the origin. And he's like, I, I, what if I get it wrong? And we're like, you can't get it wrong. And blah, blah, blah. Why would they talk about Noble? It's so dumb. Because well, they were talking about because they were talking about Megatron's arc throughout the se- throughout the series, but they talked about that for too long. Uh, the Oracle makes contact with Cheater towards the end of the episode. This is later mm-hmm. played on in the Universe comics, which would establish Cheater as a met- Matrix Templar, and in the Wings continuity, Cheater becomes the successor to Alpha Alpha Trion. I want to read these comics. Like, I would love to see. Like, I know I would love to see like the aftermath of this. And I know they were gonna make. They were gonna make a show that was the aftermath. And I was interested in like what that would be like. So I remember when I was a kid, I found a fan fiction that was supposed to have taken place directly after the final scene of this episode, and Botanica got Botanica got eaten by a cow. <laughs> that sounds like a really bad fanfic. Sounds like someone was just really, really mad. Well, I mean, Rattrap does save her spark, but her body got eaten by a cow and he winds up building her a new body. That's so dumb. She could kick a cow's ass if she wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> and said uh, she's like really powerful. <laughs> maybe she was sleeping. It's dumb. I hate it. So she was sleeping and then the cow just started chewing on her roots and she just as soon as, you, as, as soon as you said that it was a fanfic that took place after this about Botanica, I'm like, oh shit, did, did he read a rat trap? Ex Botanica fan. No, 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 not one of those. No, um, it, it, as they're called, the industry of fanfic that isn't an industry. Yeah. No, it wasn't one of those. Okay, so Waspinator, Waspinator slash Thrust laments that he never, well, we'll go get over the exact line, but basically his last line is an ironic echo of his last line in Nemesis Part 2, where he can't claim to be happy at last. Poor Waspinator. Poor Waspinator. Yeah. The very last line of uh, the series is spoken by Cheetor. Cheetor also got the very first line in Beast Wars. So this works as a bookend to the entire Beast era, as well as signifying Cheetor, Cheetor's progression from naive rookie to capable commander. Yeah, that's true. And then it also mentions uh, the series closes out on another bookend, focusing in on a techno-organic variation of the organic flower that appeared in the very first shot of the reformatting. Mm-hmm. I remember that too. Yep. So a lot of things came full circle. Yes. All right. So that was all we had for the wiki, Jordan? Yep, that was all we had for the wiki. All right. Well, getting into the episode at hand, uh, we, of course, open on the uh, the previous events that occurred on the last episode, seeing all of the, the Maximals with their bodies sprawled about, uh, with their sparks being removed, uh, Megatron in the Optimal Optimus body hovering over Optimus Primal. And as we cut to the episode at hand, we've got... Megatron and Optimus facing off against one another. And the the line that I alluded to earlier, uh, Megatron spouts it off, says, So, Optimus Primal, it all comes down to you and me. Or should I say, you and you. Which, My yeah. old body! Yeah. I'm guessing Megatron like, recreated it, because isn't the whole thing that like Optimus like, de-evolved into like the original Optimus, and then... Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, a lot of it... I would have assumed he would have been going off of memory. Mind you, now that I think about it, when they in Beast Wars, they had somehow been able to scan Optimus's body so that they could create that sort of copy that could 
take control of his body. So maybe, so maybe Megatron was still familiar with the schematics in a sense. And that's why he was able to re remake it, do a bit of a redesign on it. Add torpedoes, as we said. Yeah. Add his face and, you know, all that fun stuff. Remove the beast mode. So, yeah, like, continuing on the episode, uh, he sh- uh, Megatron shows that he has all the sparks of of Optimus' companions in these, with these drones. Yes, and the drones immediately deposit them into the giant uh, spark holder that Optimus is trying to, to remain in between. Spark shaker. He, yeah, <laughs> the spark shaker. Uh, but, yeah, he, so... Optimus is watching on as all the and it's kind of eerie too because as the sparks go into it, you can sort of hear Cheetor and Rat Trap and all of them being like Optimus. So mm-hmm. that that was a bit creepy. But yeah, so Optimus and Megatron have a bit of a, a back and forth. Um Megatron then activates the chest guns on uh, and we get that familiar sort of red targeting laser that's pointed right on at Optimus's chest, which now that I right think about spark. it, yeah, it's a very much a callback to the uh, the season two premiere or not season two, the season three premiere, where when Optimus first got the body, he did the exact same thing to Megatron. Yeah. So. So, yeah, he he's pointing the gun at Optimus. Uh, this is where we cut to black and then we cut back in. And we've got the uh, the name of the episode and Megatron still pretty much got him dead to rights here. Um, the drones start working on a console, but Optimus is actually able to to absorb the blast from Megatron, shoots it back at him, and Megatron puts up his arm to block it. It deflects off and it hits the console that the drones are working on, which, you know, pisses him off. And he goes, oh, you know, sort of all Megatron smash and literally goes, punches. Like, I am no longer entertained by your... Uh interference i think that's what it yes. is <laughs> yeah and and literally punches optimus through a wall and this is this is where like this is where the episode gets real good <laughs> yeah yeah because uh so optimus notices black arachne and silverbolt's bodies and then we see thrust body all laying prone on the ground optimus yeah, it interrupts optimus's comeback he's like you don't yes. need to be entertained all you need to do is huh yeah. and then uh, Optimus is a lot more nimble than what I realized because Megatron starts shooting his chest cannons at him rapid That's fire him. style and he's yeah, like yeah. somersaulting back. Well, he's backflipping like a Power Ranger. It's fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it was I was a bit, you know, a bit surprised. And of course, while Megatron and he are, are duking it out, the, the drones inside are rebuilding the console. Uh, Optimus manages to get some more shots in on Megatron, but they don't seem to phase him very, very much. You know, he sort of, you know, no sells it and then manages to hit Optimus with one of his chest cannon blasts and it knocks him through a ceiling, goes flying to the outside and lands. And we've got Megatron who he bursts through the ceiling of the Grand Mall, flies down and he's got his fist reared back. Like it's, yeah. it's really cl- and then yeah, like he goes to like slam down on the Optimus and he rolls out of the way and goes into gorilla mode and like it's real good. Yeah. No, it, it's so Optimus is, you know, they're still bantering back and forth quite a bit. I, I will say like one of the downsides of this episode is that uh, everything Optimus says is pretty much saying like you won't win until yeah. I, I, while I still live and stuff like that. Like he just keeps saying that and then getting his ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, come on, I'll do something different. <laughs> yeah, it sort of reminds it, it. sort of reminded me of 
in the Frieza saga of Dragon Ball Z before Goku turned Super Saiyan, how Frieza's, you know, kind of batting him around a bit at times. This this was a, with him. this was the most Dragon Ball Z episode of yeah. the show. And last episode was the second most Dragon Ball Z episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so. to me, it, 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 this whole fight scene, because, like, we don't need to summarize everything that happens in the fight. But, like, no. they're, 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 they're flying around and fighting for these buildings. Optimus is changing constantly into his, like, you know, and he can fly in his form. So it's very much like them flying around, fighting each other, which I could see how it, for me, it made me think more of, like, um, the last episode of Avatar of the Last Airbender. And and Fire Lord Ozai having that yes. fight out in like in a very if that's very deep inspired and or, or or like Superman and Doomsday in the end of Justice League Unlimited although like that was more one sided than this because mm-hmm. Optimus holds his own he, I say he gets his ass kicked a lot but also he does like fight really good back it's a really good fight like it's not just Optimus getting his butt kicked it's like it, it, they're flying around like buildings are getting blown up like. Because this isn't an abandoned city, you can kind of get away with that, like real easy too. Like, yes, it's just it's just them in this abandoned city. They're the last two living people on this planet, just tearing into each other and wrecking everything. And it's just like this. This is a good finale. <laughs> I, there, I, I like it a lot. There's there's one part where I don't know if it's like a power station or what, um, but Megatron, he, like he's transformed into into the jet mode at this point. He's yeah. pursuing Optimus and Optimus manages to lose him and then rises up. And it's a very almost Superman-esque pose that Optimus has oh, as yeah. he floats up behind him. Absolutely. And we get a really, really badass moment because Optimus just launches like. Well, what, what happens is, uh, is Megatron is like is like in this power station area and he's like, you can't hide from me forever. And Optimus comes up behind him and then shouts at him. I don't have to, and then starts firing. But I'm thinking, like, you didn't have to say anything, Optimus. You could have just shot him. You could have yeah. just kept shooting. <laughs> you yeah, had to it, say something. He still it, kicks his ass here. Like, oh, he yeah. Blows, he blows up this huge area, and Optimus is, like, going, like, like he's blurring. Like, he's going real fast away from this explosion. And this is the, where he optimal Optimus's, like, Megatron's body's arm, like, fly out of the edge and land on the ground. And this is where Optimus is, like, see if, yeah, say farewell to arms, Megatron. And I'm like, fuck yeah. That was awesome. Then Megatron is in that hair. No. He just puts the arm back on. Yeah, he literally just grabs the arm and just shoves it back in. And yep, good as new. He's like, the nice thing is when this body transforms, it doesn't actually transform. So if I'm missing a piece, who cares? Yeah. Well, he, he also nails Optimus with a yeah. big kick that sends him through some buildings, too, before yeah, he, he attaches his arm. some signs and then slams into a building. And it's, again, very, like, Superman kind of, like, the, ci- the city environment, which is what makes me think of Superman. But, yeah, it's very DBZ Superman slash Avatar fight. Yeah. And then we finally get to see the tank mode because Optimus is flying through the air and he gets hit from Megatron's tank mode blast and uh, transforms back into his gorilla mode. He's literally hanging off for dear life on the side of a building. And Megatron has way more ease at using this body than Optimus did. I guess I think that's kind of just because of like how well this fight's designed. Like if, if Optimus yeah. and Megatron had thrown down this well in like their own in, in like beast beast wars they probably he probably would have pretty good like yeah well but i mean but also you got to consider when optimus had that body he was constantly holding back i mean we did get the sense we did get the sense the entire time that he had that body 
that he was incredibly stupidly powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Plus, he was also like the fact that they were on prehistoric Earth, he was probably trying to avoid causing damage that would have, you know, irreparably affected the timeline as well. Megatron doesn't give a shit. So. No. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Literally, because he, he sends a blast into a building, causing the building to sort of ex- implode almost. Uh, he he, he blasted in half. Yeah. Yeah. He got Optimus just hanging on to the side of the building as it what topples over. What the fuck over. do I do? Yeah. He's like, well, this shit. He... <laughs> this is where he falls into the river. Yes. Yeah. And then we get the the jet mode just plops into the water and seems to be working just fine. Because well, that's, it... that's a, I, again, I think I think it has to do with the depth and also the explanation of he's upgraded the body. Yeah. But yeah, and there's some really good visuals. Like this is one of the. Until the end of this episode, this is one of the best-looking uh, episodes of, of Machines. Like, um, the you see the bullets flying through the water, and there's bubbles behind it. And I'm, like, genuinely impressed by this show's uh, uh, water effects for being when it was made, you know? It, yeah. It definitely, was the, it definitely was very ambitious. I think some of the scenes looked really good, and some of them didn't look as good. Um, some of the, some of the spots where they're kind of flying around, I really, I was like, oh, this looks like, this looks like it was made in the nineties. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's because, maybe it's because other scenes did actually look, did actually look good. Like the underwater scene, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and some other spots I just, I, and then also my computer was glitching. So maybe, maybe I just was looking at the picture bad. I should have, I should have watched this on a CRT TV. I'm just a poser. <laughs> um, so what winds up happening is Megatron shoots some missiles, causing a, a pipe to explode behind Optimus that the, the suction as the, the the water surges into the pipe, it sucks Optimus through. And you see him sort of get pulled into the darkness as Megatron like stops himself in front of the pipe and then just turns and, and floats off, more than likely trying to figure out where Optimus is heading. Uh we then see the the ruined orchard, the bridge that the Oracle was at, and Mega and Optimus is still in his gorilla form. He he somehow managed to get to this bridge and he's regaining consciousness. And it's very eerie looking. Like we have some light that's sort of pouring in, but it's very dark. All the trees are are burnt or broken, and Optimus is sort of beside himself. You know, seeing all of this, he he comes upon Rat Trap and Botanica's bodies as they're on the bridge and they're they're lifeless and just sprawled over. Yeah, Botanica especially looks like messed up with what, when she's sprawled over, probably just because she has so many limbs. But it, mm-hmm. she looks like she's got fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do get Megatron who. Uh, appears out of the shadows. Uh, Optimus transforms, but he's immediately grabbed by Megatron and just flies up into the air. We then turn back to the the drones who have completed their work, hit some buttons on the console, and the container of all the sparks opens up, and all the sparks start flying out of of this containment unit. Um, we've got Megatron who sort of floats up into the air above the city. Uh, we have like a almost like a maelstrom of sparks that has formed off in the distance. And Optimus is watching on as we would have cut to a commercial. When we cut back, we've still got the, the sparks spitting around. Megatron is headed towards a, a building, which seems a little odd. But so I've got a question. When the hell did he build a giant throne for himself? Day one. 
No, no, no. That's just part mm-hmm. of the normal Cybertronian society. That building just is automatically a throne for people. Is oh, it? wow. Yeah. Why is it say that somewhere? Or are you just making <laughs> no, it? I'm, no, I'm making it honest. I figured. <laughs> <laughs> but th- to be fair, I honestly think it was something uh, uh, made beforehand. Because it just seems way too, like, too specific. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A throne on the outside of a city that, like, is on top of a building top. I feel like Megatron made this. And I feel like, yeah, again, he made it as soon as he was like, okay, I just got it. Once I win, I'm going to sit up here. I think it was, like, very early on in his career. <laughs> well, yeah. There's their other thing is that then how did he know that it would be the proper size for him? True. I mean, he mm-hmm. built it, – it probably takes longer to build a body than to build a chair. So he could have done, been doing them concurrently. Yeah, true. And he wouldn't have, you know, he would have just had two, you know, two of his worker drones go to Ikea and get a chair. <laughs> and, you know. On Earth, they would go to Earth's Ikea yeah. chair. Yeah, on, get the on, like, Ikea future, chair. And then come back to Cybertron. <laughs> and then they would, have to, they would have to go back to Ikea because they, they only had the one key and they needed two keys in order to put it together. <laughs> so, so, yeah. That, that's probably what happened there. But yes, to to describe to our listeners, uh, Megatron is literally floating towards the... Ta- I'm pretty sure it's the same tower that the Grand Mall sort of like bumped into as it crashed uh, in the first episode. It, it's like this big tower and literally the top of it splits open, sort of folds to the side. And inside is this giant throne with this metal piping design sort of behind it or rather it's sort of like built into the back of the throne it is like probably one of the gaudiest things that i i've ever seen a transformer really have so megatron yeah um he tosses optimus aside as the the sparks approach and we see uh megatron's chest open up we've got his yeah he he he's these sparks just start floating towards him just start popping into his body. It's almost like candy at this point. Um, they just sort of swirl around him and one at a time, they're like going into this hole where his spark is. So he is literally absorbing the life essence of almost every transformer oh, that was alive at this point, you could say. So that was, that was the other thing that I almost included from the, uh, from the commentary uh, toward the beginning of the episode, the guy that's not, Bob Skier, uh, who I said what his name was in the last episode. So just listen to that episode. Um, <laughs> he uh, he was like, so this whole thing with the sparks, like this is people's souls and Megatron's going to eat everybody's soul. That's really messed up for like a kid's TV show. Yeah. 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 You got to wait for Doku's robots. Yeah. Well, and because like the freaking. Yeah, I think I've said this before, but like the lore to this is really really not the easiest to follow if you haven't seen every single episode i mean the key to victor sigma alone is like the fuck is that i was like wait what (laughs) i've seen every episode um but i like i like optimus Mm -hmm. i like his like his reading of it where it's like dude i mean which is probably just exactly what like how the 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 sparks are 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 taken from our fragments of the matrix that go out and like live and experience and learn and then when they die they return to the matrix and make the matrix stronger and it's a cycle of life and death and it's really interesting and mm-hmm. i liked it but megatron's like i don't fucking care i just want to be powerful yeah that's what that <laughs> yeah. the the sparks going out and then making things that's what they talked for like a long time on the commentary about 
Apparently that's actually what Bob Skier believes is that we as souls leave God and then go back and then experience things. Then when we die, we return to God and God is greater for the experience or something like that. Oh, so it's supposed to sort of enrich God. Yes. So God is the matrix. But all of us, because we're all part of the matrix. Right. I mean, like, so to put it another way, we're all shadow clones of God. (laughs) (laughs) Can we, no. I'm leaving. I'm the podcast. I'm quitting. Bye. We, no, I suppose. No, we wouldn't. Would we be nobody? <laughs> okay, I just got up and closed my door and opened it and closed it. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't understand the reference. Naruto. We were talking about Naruto for that would explain. That would explain. But yes, so we do get a a bit of a back and forth. Like Optimus mentions how we're all, you know, fragments of of the Matrix. I don't mean we. We is in them uh, are fragments of the Matrix. And, you know, their experiences make the Matrix whole when they pass on. And then, you know, the cycle begins anew sort of thing. Megatron's like, well, I'm just going to make us all one now. And I'm going to be. We aren't going to be the Matrix. I'll be the Matrix. I'll be the one being. You know, I will take over the... I will be the one controlling being in the entire universe. And we will have peace and we'll all be as one. And that's how it was meant to be. So he, it, he calls out um, Optimus for liking nature because he's all like, you like survival of the fittest, right? Well, I'm, survi- I'm the fittest and I'm surviving. And it's like, I don't think that's exactly what Optimus thinks, but but then as Optimus starts to doubt himself, Cheetor's spark comes and is like, it goes all purple and it's like, Optimus, don't give up, big bot. And this isn't over yet. And he goes into Optimus spark. And I thought what was going to happen here was that like his friends would join him and he'd become like powered up. But that's not what happens. More spiritual than just a fight because we've already had the big fight. Now it's more like the argument part of it. This, yeah. this, that, that line, it reminded me of Anakin's vision of Padme uh, in episode three, where you see An- Obi-Wan. He's like, don't give up Padme. Reminded me of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you go, once, once Cheetor's spark enters, all the um, beastie sparks are there and they all like give him like pep talk. Yeah. But unfortunately they're all pulled into a black void and, you know, the little melding of sparks, I guess you could say, ends as they're all sucked into Megatron's chest. His chest closes, he starts to glow, and his body and becomes They also larger. mentioned the whole, like, don't forget the Oracle's first words to you, the seeds of the future, lie buried in the past. And I still yes. don't understand how that applies to anything by the end of this, but maybe we can discuss well, that. Well, because it's mm-hmm. the past version of Optimus, and he has to bury him in the core of the planet. Oh no, I don't. I don't think that's correct. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but anyways, opt, uh, um, Megatron in his, in his optimal body is all like, "Yo, I'm getting big. I'm becoming a big boy. I was already pretty big, but now I'm the biggest boy." And he gets real big. He, yep. now he grows up. Yep, and then he shoots some force lightning at the Citadel, uh, causing it to collapse, and it literally shoots a hole yeah, to, into the center of the like, planet. Unlimited power! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so then we, we zoom in on the organic core of Cybertron. As Megatron takes a seat in his throne, he he summons the like the the Oracle ring 
Uh, only it sort of fizzles out. And he's like, but wh- why? Why? Why won't it work? And and this is very indic- indicative of like when I mentioned that the authors keep saying like, oh, but you can't because of this. And then Megatron's just like, yeah, I can because like he goes like, I have half the I have half the Oracle. And I need the full thing to do this, and you have half the. You need the full thing to do this, so we're to steal me. And he's like, "Nah," and just takes the article from Aquaman. Yeah. Nothing. So, and it's like, so cool. you know what that cool, that great. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of when my dad describes the one time that he tried to play Dungeons and Dragons, um, and he didn't he didn't have a clue. You know, he didn't know how the rules worked or anything, and it was the '80s, so it was like even more free form or whatever but he just sees mm-hmm. his two friends and they're like well i cast this spell on you it's like oh well i am immune to this spell that i counter it with this ah well <laughs> yes but i have the cloak of invincibility uh, you, you know so that's that's what my dad thinks dungeons and dragons is is just people making stuff up about oh, people just trying to god mode everybody else <laughs> yeah Fireball. Mm. Yeah, he just separates Optimus and the Oracle and takes his Oracle piece, and now he makes a key of Vector Sigma and starts, um, you know, turning the core of the organic core of Cybertron into techno organic. I mean, into, into pure tech, you know, kind of thing. He's making everything a perfect technological planet he wants. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it. Um, so but yeah, yeah he, and again, and then he's about to do it, and 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 Optimus is like, "Forget it, Megatron! I will never allow you to do this." And it's like, do you have nothing, Optimus? What? Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you can't just say that. You can't do anything. <laughs> and like, oh, it turns out he can. It. But like, it's so. It just sounds so useless. <laughs> like, it's oh, my yeah. one complaint about this episode is that it makes the amount of times Optimus says like, "I won't let you do this," and then is just like completely useless to stop him it happens too much and it's it's a it's a it's almost comical that's my one complaint about this episode other other than that i love this episode and i think you don't i think i i'm i mean i'm of the opinion that i i I didn't pay very much attention to the episode so i didn't notice that as much and i think that's the kind of thing that you notice if you like really really are watching for every little tiny thing but like if you were just moving through the episode like if you were watching especially if you watched like all three of the all three parts back to back you maybe wouldn't i wouldn't guess notice I, mean, I don't think much. i was saying too too i just enjoying watching yeah it. Like i just threw it on and watched it with my girlfriend i i, I don't, I don't know i it. i just i've had i think that's that's part of the reason that i've had trouble um enjoying the last the last little bit of this is that i feel like i've learned from this experience that doing rewatch podcasts is not always the right thing like some things you just you don't need to break them down. Maybe okay. true. I, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Um so Megatron starts shooting the 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 key to vector sigma into the the organic core of the planet, uh causing it to to slowly start to transform. Uh we get some sort of like crystallization along the the sort of outer rim part of this little hole that he's made um somehow optimus manages to regain some connection to the oracle and burst out of the the yeah, bonds it, that he was I kinda, in i kind of like how the oracle talks to him but all it says is his name yeah and that's kind of like a call to action and yeah he, he snaps out of the bubble and then he blasts a a blast of of energy and it like oh it misses megatron but that's not what happened because he reformatted Megatron's throne <laughs> into a tentacle monster. Like, yeah, and Megatron's like haha loser and it starts it just starts melting off on him while he doesn't see this happen and it it 
wraps him up in its tentacle. Yeah. <laughs> and Optimus is like, ha, now how do you like it for once? <laughs> yeah. It's happened to me like 20 fucking times. How do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> so what what Optimus winds up doing at this point is he's, he's using his jets and he's pushing against Megatron's chest. Uh, he shoots one of the, the vines that's bound him. So he's trying to sort of push him back into the hole. Uh, Megatron. Oh, I have an idea why he can't fly. Okay. His, his, his new big body is just not, it can't fly. It's too heavy. It's bullshit, but it's a bullshit. No, I mean, <laughs> I can see how, I can see how, especially since the physics already don't make sense. Like the wings are not big mm-hmm. enough. Like if they're even more not big enough, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically, by taking all that power, he cause of his own downfall. Yeah, or yeah. at least literally, what he could do just like Super Shredder. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Optus, like Megatron, is holding him in his hand, very much like a a King Kong esque. Uh, sort of holding him in his hand, but Optimus shoots his. Optim- his yeah, Optimus uh, is like, you know, my my guns on my chest, right? <laughs> yeah. it, it literally, like it shoots through Megatron's fingers, uh, hitting the other vine, which you know Megatron then is, he you know starts to fall backwards, and we've got Optimus who's still in his hand. He's like, prepare to be reformatted. As they're they're plummeting down into the pit, uh, they they splash into the organic core. As there's a giant flash of white light, as Megatron yells out, all of the sparks are seem to be erupting, and we see Optimus like his face and his eyes are closed, and then the white light shoots out of the hole, fills up the screen. You know what would be funny here What's if uh, if if when they're reformatted Megatron, he came up and it was just like. Uh, Windows 95 and like just but like with Windows 95 and Microsoft Office on him and that's all. <laughs> oh, they could have made him Clippy. I oh. I, 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 he would have been a, a badass bit. Clippy, though. Yeah. To, to, to go back a little bit, um, he would have kicked ass as Clippy because he finally kicked ass as anything. Um, Optimus yeah. says like, like, oh, we need to re- like return balance and a balance between like eternal enemies, you know, Optimus and Megatron. And, and just I don't think it. I don't think it just refers to those two. I think it refers to like all the Optimuses and all the Megatrons. Mm-hmm. And you know, he starts he starts pushing them down. And and I think like and I was confused. I'm like, how does this fix everything? And I thought maybe he meant like we both have to die for it to like to, for balance to be restored. And that maybe is what he means. But also, I think I have an explanation to why this reads the planet now. Just watching it again, and I think the that the Oracle and all the Sparks needed to rejoin with the Organic Core. And that's and that Megatron absorbing all of them and and Optimus and him having the uh, Oracle in it is what is able to reformat mm. everything. So that makes and sense. All, all of this needed to happen. Yeah. So that's why he says, like, you were a big part of his two Megatron kind of thing. Yeah, that does y- kind of make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, the show does not offer an explanation as to why this no. reformats the planet. But right. like. That's my guess. Yeah, it's it's it is odd though. He says not just balance between he 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 doesn't say you would think he would say a balance between good and evil or a val- balance between light and darkness or something like that, but or like life and death. He just says he says a, a balance between mortal enemies, which is an interesting like it's like we're it's not even that Optimus is a good guy and Megatron's the bad guy. It's just that they are eternally fighting each other and mm-hmm. so we have to strike that balance in order to with the something 
I don't know. Yeah. It yeah, almost seemed very Yeah, and everything that everyone I was watching was 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 catch it spotted spotted the centrist. <laughs> like, <laughs> made me laugh. But um, yeah, like or maybe yeah, yeah. maybe what they meant was that there need to be exactly two maximals and two predicons, and then there would be balance between because. Anyway, because Star Wars, because <laughs> that's the dumb Star Wars theory. Um, everything is reformatted. Everything looks really bad now. <laughs> this texture is not good, and also the sun is like way too cartoony looking. Like I don't know why the sun looks so bad. It looks like the like, game. This was a two D animated show, and the sun was a big yellow ball. That's fine, but it's not, and it just it just stands out so bad. Like. Yeah, somehow the, the entire pla- somehow the entire planet miraculously now has an atmosphere because that's the only reason you can explain why the sky is now blue. What do you mean miraculously? It's because it's because like plants are here now and they're making oxygen stuff. Yeah, but it's not instantaneous, right? This Apparently, isn't instantaneous. We- you know, you know, we assume this is instantaneous. This could have been a billion years later. Uh, I suppose because we just see them when they wake up. It doesn't say how long they've been sleeping. Oh, so that might explain why uh, never mind more birds because it's like, like you know, like decades later, and I don't know if that was their yeah, I don't know if that was their intention, but I like that reading of it. If it, if it was like at least a hundred years later or something like that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I definitely don't think it was like instant. Like it may have been a even if it was yeah. I mean, even if it was a, a week or ten years or what, like even if it was a shorter amount of time, I do think there was some sort of time jump. But yeah, I like yeah. A million years later. That's official. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. But it's, it's a neat theory. Um, I, was, I was sorely tempted to put in the SpongeBob three hours later. <laughs> just done it. Just yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So they wake up and they, they, they all, all the uh, all the Maximals are, are there again, except for Optimus, because, you know, he sacrifices life to save everybody. Actually, yeah. I was just thinking a thousand years later and there's Red 13 running by with his kids. Yeah. <laughs> It's very. It's. It, you're not wrong. It does, it does remind me of that. <laughs> it's an FF7 yeah. reference for all y'all who don't know. Yeah. By the um, way, it actually took me like two years to finish that game because I just stopped at like the final boss and people were like, "Finish the game." And I'm like, "Okay, fine." And then I finally just beat the last boss and saw. I've never the... been. Never... No. But there was base. There was literally a two-year gap. I maxed out the clock. Oh, so wow. I played part of FF10 and part of FF4. So if you average that. That means I completed FF7. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe uh-huh. I'm getting them, well, getting maybe it was. And... I think I did more of FF10, so it might have been that I, I actually the average would be eight. Anyway, a friend played FF10. I like nine personally. I like I like nine and eight them. I think yeah. it gets a lot of bad rap, but I love it. I love everything about it. <laughs> I remember getting pocket stations for eight. Hmm. So yes, I like one. The... <laughs> <laughs> um, so everybody wakes up. And they're looking out over the city, which is now completely covered in vegetation. Moss. I think moss. Yeah. It's a thin layer of moss. Yeah. I is... think it's supposed to be like grass and everything, but like they're just not very – it's not a very good texture. It, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. doesn't look good. Yeah, it's, it's like because it's the same – It's the sa- everything's the same shape because it's the same models or whatever. Yeah, all the and same And then they buildings. just have they, – but they've just painted some various colors. Yeah. They, they got that the, – the picture of the paint bucket in, in paint yeah. and they clicked green yeah. on I would, all of I would, them. Yeah, if, if I was like – I wouldn't mind seeing like if – I, if I was a, a, any good at 3D animating, I – 
I, the one thing I would reanimate from the series is this scene because it, it would be cool to see this well animated mm-hmm. and seeing like this techno organic stuff done well because it is an interesting concept of this techno organic planet and everything. Yeah. So I know that I keep. So I was gonna. I if if he had actually said this well in a way that it was not like a half of a line. Um, Bob Skier did say that this scene uh, he had to really fight just to even have it in there. Uh, because the studio was saying it was going to be too expensive. So even what they were able to pull off, like, I mean, it, it does kind of make sense. Like it's a completely everything. Yeah. Uh, so, so it would be a, it would be a challenge to make it look good. And then when we see the, <laughs> when we see the, the shadows of, of, <laughs> uh, of all the people here in a little here in a little bit uh yeah that looks really bad but also like not as bad as it could look yeah i mean especially if, if they had to fight to get the scene even made it's a little bit more like understandable that it looks this this kind of bad because yeah again we got to remember it's a cartoon show um but yeah they actually i said all the maxwell's here botanic is not here until rat trap asks where she is and she sprouts out of the ground and he's like I like the scene a lot. He's like sprouts and he jumps up and hugs her and it's really cute. <laughs> and then everyone like all, like Cheetor is like raises an eyebrow because like, I don't think I don't think anyone knew this relationship was happening. And I don't then think he's so like, either. and then Red Tap's like, so what? I'm a tree hugger. Deal with it. <laughs> and I loved it. It was cute. <laughs> tree hugger. Deal with it. <laughs> really yeah. Cute. That was pretty cute. Botanica makes mention that, you know, there's something missing and she's, you know, putting a finger on her chin and then she taps one of the plants and we get a bunch of the flowers that we saw in the very first episode of this series she is a god sprouting man. up. Yes. <laughs> the entire planet is this. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the entire planet just sprouts these flowers all of a sudden. At least four you can see. Yeah. Um, we see a myriad of sparks go flying through the air right after this I will this say happens. that it does, the, the city view looks better after the flowers get in there. I will say yes. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as we see these millions of sparks disappear behind a hill, we then see what Kendall alluded to earlier of these shadows that are running over the hill and it is really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they, all the they, friends have returned. All one of them repeated because they look all like the same model. <laughs> um, and they're all running and with their arms up. And uh, we then see that Cheetor's eyes glow. He's as inherited the, the Oracle. Yes. Which makes sense because it was, you know, he already had Creek precognitive powers so now exactly. now his latent psychic powers have manifested themselves so, so you know what would have you know what would have looked better than what they did with the shadowy dudes um if they had if they just took like all of their all of their assets you know that they had like all, going back to beast wars and mm-hmm. did like just recoloring of a, a handful of them I feel like you could. I feel like you could recolor and have, and you know, and then if you had like a a, a black rhinoceros and a, and a, and you know and a bird and some birds and a, like you know just a bunch of animals mm-hmm. had them running had them running as, as that animals. Been cool, yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Also, they could have just shown this them once. Like they could have just gotten the sparks and then have the first few shadows come up, and we would have gotten the idea. But they go back. And it's not even that bad the first time you see it. It's still bad, but it like, and then they go back to them and show it again. And it's like, you guys didn't do that. Mm-hmm. It didn't yeah. look good. Stop it. You've already established what, what happened. We get it. 
don't show it again. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the, the Oracle speaks to Cheetor. Um, we see a, a sort of, you know, ghosty sort of Optimus who, who turns his back and then he, we see a spark fly off into space. As Cheetor makes mention that uh, Optimus's mission has been fulfilled, uh, balance has been restored to the planet, and he understands... As the takes one of us, (laughs) (laughs) and then he looks by the fire and he sees Anakin Skywalker, (laughs) and then and then Silverbolt like dips black arachne and he's like, Finally, be together, my sweet dark venom of my heart, or something like that. He switches back to Adam West. This bullshit again, but she fucking loves it. Uh, and then they're about to kiss, and they get interrupted by a wasp. (laughs) A wasp with thrust's head on it. And uh, we get that was wasp- weird. <laughs> we get Waspinator lamenting his, you know, his sorry state once again, as he wanted, you know, he wanted power and all this other stuff, and this is what he gets. Um, but yeah, so once the, once that happens, Rytap smacks him. It's good. Yeah, smacks him away. He goes spinning around, and it's like Waspinator's team. Waspinator is blasting off again, sort of thing. Yeah, uh, even good. even the Grand Mall. Uh, it's got like trees growing on the top of it, it and cool. that's one part that that does. Well. Yeah, um, Rat Trap is a bit sad because he's like, it's not the same with without the boss monkey here. And Cheetor is like, well, Optimus is with is here with us. He's he's a part of all of us. And Optimus is the friends we made along the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Rat Trap and Botanica are holding is, hands. I, I guess this is where Cheetor says that Renegatron also played a vital role in the in the grand scheme. And that's and now watching it back, I, I think I know what happened. I have a I already explained it, my theory, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we we then get to cut to one last shot of the shadowy figures, and then we see the the crew, and then it pans to our final shot of of the flower that we saw at the the very well, I don't think it's the exact same flower, but it's a same type of flower that we saw in the very first episode. And then that is the end of the episode. And you know what? I that's a great ending. That was yep. great. That was a that was a, a very good final episode for this series. And I can say that as a whole, while it had it, Beast Machines is better than people remember it. Mm-hmm. I really do think that, and 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 I think like, and I think them them sticking the landing helped season two a lot because season oh, two yeah. wasn't that good. Yeah, but they stuck the landing and it and it worked. Yeah, I mean, I mean, season two had its had its problems, but there were yeah, it, it ended strong. Season one was strong. I think if if you're just if you're just binging through it, I I've, I'm kind of repeating myself here, but I I apologize. But like, if you're just binging through the show, like it's worth it's worth watching. Like. You watch, you know, you power through the first season and it's great. And then you see some bad episodes in the second season. But just, you know, be drunk during those episodes. And then. <laughs> or high. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever's legal in your state. Um, and then uh, and then and then, you know, it, it finishes it finishes strong, you know. So, like, I'd say I'd say, like, start drinking about about one to two episodes prior to the prior to the end of the first season. Keep drinking till about halfway through the first season or, or sorry, second season rather. Uh, and then, and then, you know, just sober up over the course of the last five or six episodes of the second season. And then you'll, you'll, you'll start to be sober as the, as the show gets, gets better. <laughs> I was going to say, make, make it, make it so that every time you see Savage Noble on the screen drink. 
and and don't like as long as he's on the screen, just keep drinking. Yeah, and then as soon as he leaves the shot, then you're good. So so the problem the problem is the problem is though you need to be drunk by the time he shows up. So that's the trick. It's the trick. Maybe maybe just maybe just pregame it. Just take like five shots before the second season, and then follow Emily. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm glad that we end on a high note. Yeah, I mean, and the show and the show as a whole is good. Hmm. Yeah. Jordan, what were your thoughts? I well, I kind of liked how they, you know, they kind of wrapped it up. I mean, well, the this how it looked aside, it kind of was a little nice circle. Like the, like they bookended everything like it said in the wiki. Uh they kind of they kind of they kind of like took their time to try and at least make some semblance with what limitations they had. And yeah. I and I appreciate that. I really I I like the last battle was really great, and I don't know. There was there's just something fitting about uh, Primal and and Megatron just basically crashing themselves into you know into the goo at the end there. Causing me Genesis <laughs> new planet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like everything had to die before it could come back reborn yeah. a little bit, which yeah. is maybe which again like I I think that that's my theory on how that all worked is that. They had to get the Oracle and the Sparks into the organic core, and then they were able to reformat the whole planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I kind of like what it is, and I think you're right. Like, there's about like, you know, some people kind of are harsher on it than, than they need to be. I mean, I can understand there are some flaws. You know, it's not as bad as as uh, as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I think for for me with this series. Um, it comes down to, to highs and lows. Um, Beast Wars, I found it it certainly had highs and lows, but they didn't go like the highs weren't as high and the lows weren't quite as low as what we saw in this series. And I think that was more for safety's sake on their part, which is what was able to get them this series. So when they got this series, they were like, OK, well, this is going to be like our last shot. So we might as well, you know. We're going to do what we're going to do. And, of course, unfortunately, they had some interference with, you know, like management and produce production mm-hmm. and whatnot. But I think the highs, it could be said, were a lot higher. And I, I'm sort of thinking back to, yeah. like, especially with um, recent series like, say, Dragon Ball Super, a lot of people have said that the highs were really, really good. But the highs were lower than, like, say, a Dragon Ball GT or something like that. Um, so I think the thing... The reason that this series has the rap that it does for a lot of people is, A, because a lot of people when they were younger probably wouldn't have gotten a full grasp of the series because of the the different takes that they had with a lot of the stuff, like spirituality. And, you know, a lot of the content, I don't think a kid at 7 to 10 years of age would have been able to properly grasp a lot of the stuff that was in this series. Um even for me, when I watched it, like I was, I want, I think I was sixty. I think I was literally sixteen when this when the series came out, and some of the stuff probably went over my head. Like the whole realization with like you know PTSD and that sort of thing. I don't think that even that they understood PTSD, but I think they did an accurate or relatively accurate depiction of that sort of a scenario. And it's really the maturity of the series. Uh, was ahead of its time. And you know, you know, what's interesting. This just occurred to me. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if it's, if that actually, cause I had, I had, you've made that argument before and I was thinking, well, yeah. but there probably were older, older people too, who 
understood it, but but maybe wrote it off for whatever. But you know what? The old the the grumpy old Transformers fans had already stopped watching because Truck Not Monkey. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. so this was already sort of the people who went into Beast Wars probably were most people. I mean, a lot of them probably were a, a the next of the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um. So so there. Yeah, it may have been. Also, also, I think that Beast Machines, uh, it was just like, along with that next generation thing, if you're, you know, if you start watching a show when you're seven, by the time you're 10, you think that that show is too, you know, too bad, or you think that the the new version of the show is bad or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, oh, Power Rangers is great, but Power Rangers Zeo sucks, or Power Rangers, Power Rangers was good, Power Rangers Zeo was okay, but Power Rangers Turbo, that's where the show got bad. Or, yeah. you, you know, even though it's the same fucking show. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I think actually, like, the more I think about it, because Transformers came out pretty much, if I remember correctly, it premiered, like, G1 Transformers premiered the year I was born, if I recall correctly. So by the time I was four, it was into its fourth season. It was coming to a close, but they were in sort of like in syndication at that point. So I was watching Everything from the beginning, whether it be from VHS or on like local cable stations and whatnot. So I got a general gist of G1 growing up. And then Beast Wars, when it came out, I would have been around 10. No, it would have been even a little bit older, probably around 12 or so, 12 or 13. So by the time Beast Wars, like I'm a preteen, early teen as Beast Wars is coming. And then as Beast Machines comes, I'm into like mid teens. So I I'm realizing now that like in the grand scheme of things, the whole the way everything timed out, it sort of matured along with me. Like when I think about it personally, because if I had been older, like you said, Kendall, I would have been part of that sort of like truck, not monkey generation where I would have, you know, Transformers when it first came out, if I had been like, say, four or five when it first came out, then as I got older, it would have been like, well, this isn't anything like what I remembered as a kid. And then it, it, you know, I think it would have tainted me throughout the whole thing. But I think for me, the way that the timing of everything was, it's probably the best that it could have been for for somebody like somebody around my age that's mm-hmm. like a little bit older than than well everybody except for Jordan. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Beast Machines came out while I was entering college. So Yeah. So I I think <laughs> that it it was very much I I think I would have been like that prime sort of target audience. <laughs> prime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for Beast Wars and Beast Machines and be able to still remember G1 and really like g1 so i i think it really i think for a lot of folks unfortunately maybe it was a generational thing that's why there's been that divide over this series because the folks that were a bit older probably had it written off to begin with mind you not to say because a lot of people now feel that beast wars is like that sort of unsung hero of the transformers franchise which is why a lot of people now are happy with the power of the primes and the way it's going because it's sort of getting a revitalization of the beast wars property which a lot of people are hoping maybe we'll get another cartoon or maybe we'll get something bigger michael it's bay beast say. wars movie that's what i want <laughs> i do not oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but it, it's you know it, it's one of those properties that i think like transformers as a whole i think is a property that can have longevity if done right 
But if it's, I think that it's certainly more because let's face it, when it first came out, and a lot of like people who hate Transformers in general, like, oh, it's just fucking toy, twenty-two minute toy commercial. Yeah, but from that twenty-two minute toy commercial, we got some like we got a humong like a cult classic eighty-six movie that is for the most part like everybody likes it, and if you don't, I love to know why we got one of the like beast wars itself is considered by a lot of people to be like this you know gem of a series that you know nobody thought was going to happen and i think for us we recognize that beast machines did a lot of things differently that were ahead of its time that unfortunately it didn't get the recognition maybe that it should have deserved but I think at the same time, because of the lows that it hit, that's why a lot of people wrote it off. Because I think a lot of people, when it started hitting that stretch in season two, that was kind of bad. I think a lot of people tuned out on it. And that's why they didn't want to really watch the end to see it stick the landing. They just sort of wrote it off, um, which, you know, is, is sad when you look at it. But at the same time, for, a, for us, I mean, even we said that it was a bit of a slog. But it is good that it's stuck to Lenny. I still think pos- I still think positively of the series as the whole between the two seasons. But it was a bit of a slog for us in season two. Yeah, and it's just like you don't have to watch this show one episode a week. So you yeah. can so so anybody out there that for some reason is just listening to this episode and and after having listened to an hour of an explanation of the end of the series is trying to decide whether they want to give the series a shot. Um, like it's worth, it's worth like, like it's as good as, uh, some ran the, the other random, some random Netflix show that you're watching. I was just about to say, it'd probably be on par with like, say, well, I, you know what? Um, maybe I'll be controversial in saying this, probably going to get more entertainment out of watching this than you would out of watching say iron fist on netflix yeah yeah <laughs> i'd say that's true actually <laughs> you know that's actually a, a very apt uh comparison i think because i like iron fist a lot uh but i think i think like like iron fist or defenders or luke cage any of those that were like this is good this is good and this is the next of the thing so i'm gonna mm-hmm. watch the thing um, but it's also not like life changing. I would say that Beast Machines fits in that category. Um, yeah. you know, it's better than some some random anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, I like you were saying earlier about um uh the differences between this and Beast Wars. And I think one difference that makes this one a little stand out a little bit more is that Beast Wars, like we said before a few times, is red versus blue. <laughs> Yes. For like the first season, which isn't bad, but the stakes aren't as high as say mm-hmm. this seat series. Like eventually, Beast Wars got like, oh, we we got to predict the future and everything like that. But even then, I don't know. This is like we. This is the fate of the planet in the balance with like uh, two small groups that are just fighting on like a mostly dead world to to to, to both revitalize the world in their own ways. Mm-hmm. And it got a very satisfying like. Kendall just compared to the anime, but it had a very anime ending. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like the main character died and the whole world got reborn. And like, even like Jordan compared to the FF7, which is very anime. Like, yeah. yeah like, I, 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 yeah, I, I like. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you know, this is, this is an interesting uh, line, line of thought. 
uh, both Beast Wars and Beast Machines, it was a relatively small number of characters on a mostly lifeless planet. Or, I mean, like, not lifeless, but, like, <clears throat> like a mostly desolate planet. And that's because of the limitations of, of computer animation at the time. You couldn't have yes. a, a gajillion people around. But it, it still lent itself to some some interesting uh, some interesting stories. Yes. Yep, I agree. Yep, certainly. Um, can we go ahead and uh, take take a real quick break here? Yep, let's take our break, okay. and then we'll be back. And we got a news post and some questions. Right. Right now... You're suffering under an enormous weight. We provide... Leverage. Or at least, we rewatch the TV series of the same name. Each week, join me, I'm Cassidy, and... Hey, I'm Frankie! As we watch an episode of the show where bad guys make the best good guys. Find us on Twitter at Let's Steal Cast, or on iTunes at Let's Steal Podcast. And remember... H of a geek, baby! we're back and we've got one post from our good friend casey or at lady k hirsch on twitter uh casey opens up saying happy finale day bc's feeling a lot of emotion about this one it's hard to believe this last episode in my last news post while it was plenty of time and work i'm gonna miss doing these for all of you a lot almost thanks. as much as waspinator probably misses being thrust <laughs> i was gonna say and thanks for yes waspinator missed it so much he had it he had a thrust mask made yes um but she says but enough bittersweetness let's take one last of the news uh first up we have a listing on amazon.ca that further confirms the previous rumors of a power of the primes exclusive figure version of repugnance uh she provides us with a link there was a listing earlier this year on acd distribution in january so this new listing just further confirms previous rumors while repugnance actually did get a toy in the form of a titan master during titan's return he wasn't exactly to scale his fellow monster bots to inferno and grotesque who both received new deluxe class toys during the same toy line. Needless to say, people were hoping Repugnus would get the same treatment. She's definitely looking forward to completing the trio, even though this one will be a will be a combiner limb instead of a headmaster like the other two. Normally she wouldn't care, but she actually really liked how the other two had beast formers slash battle beasts as headmasters. It was fu- it was a fun little weird little homage theme. Maybe he'll come with an exclusive Prime Master to homage it instead. Who knows? Up next, there's apparently going to be a Walmart exclusive reissue of the original G1 Hot Rod toy in the near future. Not exactly something she's super interested in, but it's always nice to see these sorts of toys get reissued so fans can get their hands on them, especially in the U.S. where reissues happen less often. If they ever do another Starscream reissue, she'll be get that one immediately. For me personally... I it, now that I know this, I really want a hot rod because when I was a kid, I really wanted hot rod. And my parents got me Rodimus Prime, which is yeah, it was okay, but I really wanted hot rod. I uh, said that uh, Beast Wars started in uh, college for me. Yes. I also had a like I made friends with someone who was really into Transformers as well, mm-hmm. and he found out that I had a hot rod, and he was like offering me money for it. I'm like, no, <laughs> like what? No, no, yeah. Maybe I can do a re- what? No, no, <laughs> that that No, no. Um, Casey goes on to say, not much else to discuss in terms of true news, but she thought it would be appropriate for this finale to discuss what would have been the follow up to Beast Machines and its ending trans tech. 
this series would have been fe- super futuristic with an aesthetic that, with the power of hindsight, kind of looks like Beast Machines combined with the Bayverse movie designs. But yeah, the alt, mood, alt modes would have been super sci-fi vehicles with animal motifs. It also would have featured some unusual returning G1 and original Beast Wars characters like Optimus Prime, Shockwave, Starscream, and Death Charge. It also would have featured a Megatron of some kind along with a, a scavenger. Of course, it would also retain our previous surviving protagonists, Cheetor, Rattrap, Black Arachnia, Silverbolt, and Nightscream. Also, some new guy called Immortacon. Weird name. There's never been an official reason given for why Transsec got scrapped in favor of importing car robots as robots in disguise, but it was likely several different factors that led to its demise. Financial issues due to poor performance by other Hasbro toy lines like the Phantom Menace, one certainly would, would uh, certainly make the idea of importing an existing cartoon and toy line appealing from a financial standpoint compared to doing another expensive 3D animated show and developing a bunch of complex new molds. The general negative reaction that Beast Machines got may have also been a factor. While our R.I.D. was airing, Hasbro collaborated directly with Takara on setting up Armada. It's possible Takara was hesitant to do Transtech and convinced Hasbro to go a different direction. No matter the reason, the toy line never made it past some design sketches and a few prototypes. While Transtech was cancelled, it didn't completely disappear. Several of the designs were incorporated into later toy lines, most notably the Armada version of Scavenger. Interestingly, the design for Animated Blur was inspired by the design sketches for Transtech Cheetor. This homage later went full circle when Blur's design and toy were retooled and used for the animated version of Cheetor. Now, the concept behind the toy line was also later used by the TFCC for the Transtech universe, which also used the same designs for his characters and served as a hyper-advanced Cybertron that had mastered dimensional travel and served as a multiversal hub. Of course, the end of Beast Machines was followed up in fiction, as well with the Transformers Universe comics and the toy line. The comic in question wasn't well received, apparently, reading like bad fanfic. Though, to be fair to the writers, it apparently got a lot of inter- interference from Hasbro. So, we, Kendall, like you were saying with the commentary, Hasbro sort of stuck their fingers in too to, with that. So, I can't say yeah. that I'm entirely surprised. Um, it got canceled before it could finish. An even further future version of Cheetor also showed up in the Wings universe as the successor to Alpha Trion, going by the name Alpha Trizer. My favorite character in the Wings universe is Paul McCartney. (laughs) Um, He now turns into a purple robotic lion, and he also got a conic exclusive toy, which Casey provides a link to. Cheetor turns into a lion. That seems like poor branding. Yeah. A bit weird, but cool. So that's all the news that she has for this week. Uh, she wishes there had been something more substantial for our final news post together. Oh, there is. There is. Um, I'm honestly, she's honestly having a hard time figuring out how to finish this without just going full emo. Is this how Akmina felt singing her song? One more news post friend, one more <laughs> plug friend. I suppose she should leave each of you, my friends, with one last question. Greg, or should I say Gramps? How's family life going? Also, how's martial arts stuff going? Uh, Family stuff is going good. Uh, We did have a bit of concern for uh, my son's girlfriend. Uh, She had a bit of a scare last week, but she's fine. Everything's good. Baby's good. Uh, So we're still anticipating a July delivery. 
so that's going well. Uh, martial arts, I've been incredibly busy with work, so unfortunately I haven't been able to get into it as much as I wanted. Um, but with this ending, it's going to free up a couple of days for me to be able to go each week, so that's definitely going to help with that. So I'm going to be able to get back in full tilt. Hopefully in, in the next, I want to say, a couple of weeks, once things with work hopefully die down, because we've got some students that are going to be coming in for work terms that will hopefully take some of the load off for me. So, uh, Emily, how are things with your two lovely partners? Also, how's that prolific podcaster life treating you? Um, well, uh, things with my partners are great. Uh, for one thing, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that my girlfriend Cassandra is visiting me in seven days for a That's month. Awesome, whole month. Oh, wow. and, I'm, and I'm really excited, and I'm gonna die because seven days is both like really soon and too long. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm really, really excited. And um, yeah, and 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 Michael uh, has been great, and I'm gonna be working towards visiting um, him, visiting me next after that. Um, which probably won't be for as long because he has a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like it's it's great. Like I'm having, I, I love my partners very much, and uh, the podcaster life is it's really fun. I'm, I guess I'll say it here. I was going to talk about it like later on, but like this show got me on the network, and it 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 facilitated me meeting some of the best friends of my life and two people that I I love more than anyone in the world, and Aww. it's it's very. It, it's a little sad to see it go, but I think we're ending on a good note, and we we, we made eighty episodes, which is a good number. I, I, the, throughout this series, a lot has happened. I, I went through my own reformatting, and um, like so, it's kind of an interesting time capsule of, of my life this past uh, two years. But uh, yeah, um, I'm really I'm really happy that I still have podcasts to do. Like I have I have Home Improvement Losers. I am a regular on TWA now. I have my own podcast that I'm doing. I need to get better at updating. <laughs> and I, you know, um, I'm on that stream uh, that we're doing now uh, for the tabletop, Silver Pines, which is a blast. Like, last last Saturday when I was getting ready to go get home and be on the show, I was thinking, like, how did my life get to this? Where I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm about to be on a stream role-playing with, like, some of the most brilliant people that I know, and I'm just... I'm very fortunate. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stop talking now. I'm taking up too much airtime. <laughs> uh, Jordan, how has working with Jesse Cooper been going? Has his adorable cat drawn blood from you over the internet somehow? Well, not yet. But I mean, if there's any way it could, I mean, it's got six thumbs. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's got it's poly, or is it eight thumbs? It's polydactyl. Like, uh-huh. like, uh, so, I mean, if if anything could, you know figure it out i'm pretty sure that 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 cat could and plus it's named dexstar so you know. I, I, polydactyl is the the um the mascot for polyamory that's a pterodactyl i just want you to know that <laughs> <laughs> uh but otherwise it's been going pretty good i've been having fun uh basically just making you know question posts for obscure marvel characters uh and uh cryptids and where else would i get to be where else would i get to look up stuff on the internet where i find a picture of someone who looks like in it they're in a star trek lizard man costume and yet is complained is uh touted as an actual lizard man strutting their stuff yeah you don't get that very often oh no nope. ah, the term ha- is gorn yes <laughs> thank you <laughs> 
Uh, Kendall Casey asks, how is working free comic book day? Meet any rabid Kendall cast fans? And did you recommend War and Beast to any young, impressionable children again? <laughs> God, I hope not. No, I uh, didn't even bring War and Beast didn't come up. This was this was all branding was all Kendall cast. Uh, yeah, it went uh, went real well. I sold four copies of my CD, uh, gave out a copy of Action Comics 1000 as well as a Pack Rat Comics gift card. And the cap- the copy of Action Comics 1000 was signed by my co-host Jared and I. Um, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we sold it to this guy. And he's like, it better be good. This is the first Superman comic I've ever read. And it's like, yeah, we thought it was terrible. Um, uh. <laughs> but And that's the joke. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I did not meet any one who had listened to any podcast because nobody listens to Kendall cast. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we literally get like 30 downloads an episode. It's okay. I'm pretty sure most of them are bots or Jordan. (laughs) Um, but I did explain what a podcast was to about three or four people. Um, and, uh, in order to enter the contest, I just said you had to follow me on social media and people were like, uh, I don't have a Twitter. Uh, do you have an Instagram? And I was like, yes, I think. Uh, and I, I actually gave out the wrong name. Oh, no. Uh, and, and, but then the guy, we figured it out. No, 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 no. We figured it out. All three oh. people that, that I talked to that had Instagram <laughs> are now following me. So now I have to use Instagram for those three. But it was, yeah, it was a blast. <laughs> mm, okay. All right, so that's all for this week and for the foreseeable future, she supposes. Uh, Before she departs, she hopes that we'll humor her with one last little plug. Uh, She recently recorded the first episode of the Magical Spellcast, her diversely hosted Magical Girl podcast, and she imagines that the second one will have been recorded as well by the time this, our our final episode, comes out. her editor is new to the editing business, but hopefully we they can get that first episode out into the world and on the internet soon. So she thought she would take this last opportunity and plug their Twitter at Magic Spellcast or Tumblr, magicalspellcast.tumblr.com, and their email is magicalspellcast at gmail.com. It's like the old saying goes, the seeds of the podcast future are buried in the podcast past. So she goes on to say, okay. That really, really is it. You're all wonderful pals who deserve the best. Hope you all have wonderful weeks, months, and years, and also that you don't get killed by falling into the core of the planet. So, well, At least it's not the core of the planet is cooling down like in that one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's not like, well, you know, we don't have to go down there with an atomic bomb to restart it or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was our news post. We certainly appreciate it, Casey, as always. Thank you. Uh, now, before we get the questions, there has been quite, there has been one other big piece of news that came out last week. I actually did a bonus episode of TWA, which I loved because I finally got to say the opening to Teenagers Attitude. <laughs> Aww. Um, where I just basically rambled for seven minutes about the Hasbro acquisition of power range of Saban, a good chunk of Saban's entertainment brand, including Power Rangers. So, yes, if we get battle, be- uh, I'm pretty sure it would have been included if Saban still has it. I'm not sure if Saban still had the rights to Beetleborgs, to be honest. I know that they have like My Pet Monster and a bunch of other ones, though. So, um, but yeah, so so Hasbro, the company that 
is responsible for My Little Pony, Transformers, G.I. Joe, other staples of our childhood, now literally owns Power Rangers. So that's some pretty big news. So I thought we would take a minute to maybe get everybody's thoughts on that and maybe some predictions as to what they think might happen in the future. Well, I guess I will say that Hasbro makes, like, the Transformers cartoons are all really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've been pretty good at making shows. So I'm interested to do with, with Power Rangers if they maybe put more money into it or if they'll, like, just kind of go on as it always has been. Um Maybe they'll try and make their own movies since they've had they've been successful with making movies with the with the um, uh, tra- Transformers franchise. And if hopefully they do, they like they will continue the, the continuity that we've already gotten because I don't want them to just reboot it again. You know. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to see what happens. With yeah, I mean, Power Rangers is not a property that you want to just reboot every. Year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't reboot it every year as a thing. I know you're making a joke there, but they're all continue. It's all continuity. But anyways. Um, other than that, I don't really have much to say about it. It's, I hope Power Rangers continues to be what it is, if not better. And I hope we get a new Battle Beat. Kendall or Jordan, your thoughts? Well, um, geez, you know, it's kind of interesting. I know they're, uh, especially with like IDW's comics, like rebooting or, or restarting the whole Transformers things and stuff like that. This is like actually kind of like a real interesting take that they could do since idw also has a lot of other uh things but it's not like the the they haven't worked i think they've worked with whom before so i don't think it would be them to actually do not only a crossover in like hasbro's toys or things or something like that of uh of a power rangers transformers but they could also do it like comic wise as well rather easily i think yeah so i I mean i i i and since the uh since they kind of like already did like a merger of like the Hasbro first, if you remember, like with ROM and Micronauts and and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and GI Joe and stuff like that, and some of it worked, uh, you know, some of them worked okay. Like GI Joe was still kind of actually a good part of uh, the Transformer comics, like as we were talking about on on that uh, on the Silver Bowl <laughs> book club. Um, so I mean, it's not like they can't really keep it going. So I, I don't know. I mean, like, it would just be kind of interesting to see what they will do. Yeah. You know, that's that's all I'm it's about. Well, I agree there. Uh, Kendall, what are your thoughts? I mean, I kind of feel like it'll be more of the same. I don't I mean, there's going to be a Power Rangers show and like power. I mean, I, you know, good toys stuff came out. of. <laughs> I mean, the toys are fi- like the toys that have been coming out are are. Power Rangers figures. I'm sure they will keep making Power Rangers action figures. Um, I mean, Hasbro has good toys and they have shitty toys. So they could make shitty ones or they could make good ones. Well, I mean, ones. They've, they've shown off some ones and I'm sure it's like higher end ones that they've shown. But like they showed like Jason with a helmet on and it looks like perfect compared to like some of the older toys. But again, those are probably higher end toys. Yeah. And- I mean, I just like just sort of in general, like Hasbro. I mean, Hasbro. You go, you go, and even to the just the Transformers. There's the there's the five dollar Optimus Prime and the ten dollar Optimus Prime and the fifteen dollar one and the thirty dollar one and the fifty dollar one and the seventy five dollar one. You know, and and I mean honestly, that's kind of how Power Rangers have been as well. You know, with the Legacy line and and everything. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it'll there be more toys. I would like it if they uh if they did more with the full legacy of the power rangers 
as opposed to focusing on just whatever's current and Mighty Morphin because yeah, sure. uh, yeah I, because I, I want Red Rangers. Three. I have a Red Ranger collection and there's three Ninja Steel Red Rangers, but I don't want three. I already have two. I don't want to buy a third one. And I want like the ones from the before that. Yeah. And they need to be six inches tall or five <laughs> inches tall. I forget. However tall the ones that I have are. Make them all that size. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't I don't really think I, I kind of feel like it's this acquisition. It, it's, you know, sort of like Disney buying Marvel, like nothing, nothing really changed. Like they're, it's a company that does toys and does shows of toys. Like I don't Hasbro's Transformers stuff has been good, but the tra- but Power Rangers sometimes is good, too. So I yeah, and Power Rangers has stayed consistent regardless of whether Saban owned it or Disney owned it or Saban owned it again. And by consistent, I mean inconsistent. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one consistent thing about it. It's yeah. just, you know, it's just always been, it's always been hit and miss. Well, the thing that I, there's two things that I'm hoping with this acquisition. One is that they can start giving a take with the Power Rangers property similarly to what we've been seeing with, say, like a Transformers Prime, where it's, a bit more story driven. Like you still got action, but I like to think that maybe they could do something as far as like an overarching plot line. Like it's very similar to what we've gotten with like Beast Wars and Beast Machines. I like to see more of that. The other thing that I took from it, because I've had it sort of thing in my brain since I did that little news post that's sort of stuck there is Hasbro mentioned that they felt that there's ways that they can expand the brand, which makes me wonder what they've got in mind. So are they going to, is, is this like purely a merchandise point of view? Because there, there's already like a ton of Power Rangers merchandise out there. Like how, how do they feel that they can expand this brand even further? Uh, if I was going to say, just as a guess, if they are going to expand, supposedly expand the brand, I think mm-hmm. they're going to lean on bo- Boom in the comics and use some of the stuff like there. Like you've already seen how they like Lord Dracon and stuff like that has been kind of showing up in games and and other little things like that. Mm-hmm. So they might actually do something like to bring that out as a more to the forefront, since that's more targeted to an older audience of uh, of collectors and fans. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. And you know, you know, this would this is what would be the thing if you wanted to do a retelling of the lord dracon crap do that as an animated show yeah like well, a, that. a little you bit of what? a darker edgier animated show now that you mention it that's that's something that i know there was talk for a while of them potentially doing an animated version of of mighty morphin and i think that i i forget if it was on youtube or something but there there was like a a, a sort of like a teaser reel or I'm not sure if it was like a fan one or if it was like some sort of official one that didn't go through, but I'm surprised that they've never tried that take on it. Now, maybe it's because with using Toku footage, it's, you know, it's the most cost effective way to do it. But with Hasbro now having the brand, does that mean that maybe they're willing to put a bit more of a cash infusion into looking into stuff like that? Um, Wouldn't surprise me. And considering the amount of animation that they do with their own studios, I mean, maybe it wouldn't be so much of a financial hit for them. So things to consider. 
it is what it is. Uh, big news, and I think we're still getting it out there before the cast of TWA <laughs> is able to talk about it. Well, they probably talk. We're recording this the evening of May 7th, and I'm pretty sure that they just recorded and talked about it this past weekend, and they're sort of two weeks behind. So this episode is probably going to go out four days before the episode that they talk about it is going to go out. So you're going to get multiple takes on the network about, about this acquisition, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, that was the, the last bit of news that, uh, one that more the, piece of news. Okay. It's actual, I'm surprised this didn't come up in the news post, but free comic book day. There was a transformers comic, uh, yes. the zero issue of the Unicron co- crossover. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this summer it's going to be, uh, the last few issues of the of the two current ongoing series lost something or others in Optimus Prime, as well as a uh, as well as a twice a month starting in July, uh, going through like September, I think, uh, series. And it's yeah. And the first issue, the z- or the zero issue was uh, really good. Uh, Rom Space Knights planet got eaten by Unicron and uh, it was it was good. And there weren't as the characters they chose, there weren't as many characters as in a lot of Transformers stuff. And the characters they chose all looked different from each other. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was um, it was a really good read. And I'm I'm going to have I'm going to probably end up uh, picking it up. Cool. Yeah, I took a look at that, too. I picked that up for free comic book day and I thought it was pretty, pretty good. And I like that they were able to get Rom in there, too. That's pretty neat. But yeah. Did anybody else have any other news that they wanted to bring up? No, I think I'm good. Okay. Well, what do do we have for questions there, Jordan? Uh, We got a couple of questions and comments. Um, I thought we'd start with a couple of things we got from the uh, uh, Facebook group. But also I wanted to point out that uh, before I put out our normal question post, I put out a thing about people who want to ask, like on Twitter, about reminiscing and such. And uh, Rhea Rose on Twitter actually said, like, they, how can I choose just one moment of the podcast? I love the whole show. And I wanted to say thanks. Aww, thank you. Aww, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, but they did also ask us a question on the Facebook. Um, with this being the, the, the last episode, is there anything you would have liked to seen happen that didn't happen if these machines had continued? <sighs> mm. I would have liked to have seen how Cheetah would have embraced the leadership role. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of would like to see that. Yeah. Actually, uh, uh, looking at the Alpha Trizor thing, I'd like to see how he would become that. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat to see that sort of evolution, I guess you could say. I would like to see a battle between a Cheetor-led Maximals versus uh, Predacons or Viacons led by someone other than Megatron. Mm Mm-hmm. Like there's still some fat fact, uh, factions among the group of the reformed. Like, well, you know, there are still like Megatron had had the good idea, or 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 yeah, we, like we don't like you. Like Waspinator and Starscream and uh, Thrust or, or uh, uh, the not Thrust. Well, yes, Thrust yeah, yeah. also separate from Waspinator. They're two personalities. <laughs> um, uh, but what was the what were the two bad characters? Um, Obsidian and Stryka. Obsidian and Stryka. Like, yeah, something like some, uh, and then and then maybe a couple of other either original care, either G one character, just like yeah, some sort of some sort of ragtag group of even if they were even if they were like petty criminals on Cybertron or something like that, like but just like a sort of 
this is the next generation. You know, Cheetor's leading the next generation. Maybe even like Rat Trap and Rat Trap and uh, and Botanica and Silverbolt and Black Arachnia all retire, and then Cheetor has to recruit a new. Well, I think it could be a good reason because like Black Arachnia and Silverbolt just want to settle down, and same with like Botanica and right, Rat Trap. Right, right, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just and just just Night Scream and Cheetor, yeah, that would be be interesting. And then they and then they recruit new people. Like it's a new, you know that it's a way and to free up it. it's a way to free up uh, spots on the team without stupidly killing people. Yeah. yeah. And then later on, they have to recruit the kids of those of those two people. Well, two couples. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, but also also like I just I would like the idea like a scene of like Cheetor going to like see Black Rackney and Silverbolt to ask them for advice or something and like. And then, like, they would, that would be that they, so they would show still, still show up on the show, but they wouldn't be like, yeah, formal members of the team or anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, uh, so Botanica are not happy. Botanica and Rat Trap's kid is named Flytrap, and (laughs) and it's a Venus Flytrap. I can see that. That's good. Yeah, that is pretty good. (laughs) Although, that being said, I think Beast Machines actually went on too long, so it's probably good (laughs) that it ended when it did. I don't think they would call it Beasts at that point. Right. I think it would have to have totally a different name at that point anyways. Yeah. Right, right. If it was, yeah, whether it was like a, yeah, whether it was, even if it was a Beast Machine season three, like they would have to make drastic changes. Like this yeah. story is over. We want to move to the next thing. And then, and then that would, all, that would leave it a little more open-ended for self, more, I mean, what I wanted with Beast Machines was more self-contained episodes, um, less, less focus on the lore less let's spend half the episode in a trippy thing with where uh where optimus is talking to a big circle (laughs) (laughs) um oh i also want there's also a little comment on the facebook from ria as well uh also i want to thank you all for the great podcast and while i'm sad to see it end i'm looking forward to continuing to listen to other podcasts with you all in them thank you yeah, thanks. Uh, anything else about what we want to see before I move on to the next question? No, I don't think so. No? Well, I'm good. Okay, so we got another question from the Facebook group from Jane Miller, and they said, love the podcast. So I guess I'll ask what was your mm-hmm. favorite moment of Beast Machine doing the podcast overall? Doing the podcast overall, I have to say I am surprised some of the, the running jokes we created. Like, <laughs> I mean, just – and the fact that we were, like, able to actually – carry them on yeah is, is something amazing i mean we're still making joke we were still making jokes about uh cheetor's precognitive cheetah powers yes i mean that's that's wild i made a joke i made a comment about that on the twa that came out last friday <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean my my favorite my favorite bit is definitely the uh fourth and fifth laws of robotic <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. those ones are good too um, and then also also looking back, uh, the other one, I, I have no idea if this was a good episode and it also was not fun to record. But looking back and thinking about doing it makes me laugh is the truce. <laughs> just the way that I was just so I don't I think I was really tired when we recorded that episode as well. So like so like I was just so disheartened and hated everything. You really hated that episode. <laughs> I mean, uh, as for like part series wise, uh, just the parts in the agenda with uh, with uh, Silverbolt and Black Arachne are still some of my favorite favorite moments. Just yeah, some of the, like that, yeah. just some so, of the comic timing and beats. 
So the I mean, obviously, my favorite moment in all of Beast Wars and Beast Machines was the fart at the end of the low road. But but the question was our favorite moment in Beast Machines specifically, which I would say I would say one of those early uh, Rhinox speeches was was definitely were pretty good. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I was going to. Yeah, like Rhinox working with the diagnostic drone. Some of those some of those moments were pretty cool. And like and like those 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 big long monologues that Rhinox did. Part of the reason they were so good is that we hadn't seen a billion of those, which like by the end of the second season, like by the time we was, I was watching this episode, I was like, yeah, I get it. You guys can say things that sound cool. Like I was yeah. kind of I was kind of like, that's enough of that. But at that point, especially like the the. The, the episode that was like the first full appearance of him, like it was because there was like a reveal and then there was like a whole episode of him. That mm-hmm. was that was the that was the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Rhinox reveal is probably one of my favorite moments of the series. Yeah. And I thought that they did a really good job with it. Um, I kind of would have liked to have seen it maybe stretched out another episode or two just to have gotten a bit more Rhinox dialogue. But I mean, what we got was good. Um, as far as the podcast as a whole, uh, the all of the jokes, I mean, you know, discretion, of course, here and now, since this is ending, I mean, the April Fool stuff is always fun. Um, that like those two episodes are, are two of my favorite episodes, especially looking back on it. The, the last one that we did, um, the moderately occupied bungalow was <laughs> literally me pulling that out of my ass it, it like just all I, I was thinking to myself okay what's some, what's a riff that i could do on like a tgif property and i thought <laughs> okay well what about full house and then i was like oh yeah okay this works moderately occupied bungalow and it just like came out like better than i had anticipated i'm glad that it came out the way that it did I don't know if anybody else thought it was funny. I thought it was like one of the best jokes that I've made <laughs> on the show. Um, so <laughs> I was happy with that. Um, as far as other memories of the show, just being able to be here with all of you has been, you know, the way that this all started and the way it's just morphed and come together. And just the fact that so much has happened since then, too. Uh, it just, it means a lot to me. I never, when I started this, I never anticipated it going to, to this point. And I'm really glad that it did. Yeah. It's great having a podcast that everyone actually shows up. (laughs) (laughs) It's, that's just, you know, I don't know if, if it's just cause we're all older than when I, then I'm older and I'm older than I was before. So people that I'm surrounded by are older. But like I've done other podcasts and it's like pulling teeth to get people to show up. And yeah. And I mean, we have not we missed one week. I think we missed one week between sometimes we had to scramble to get a bonus episode or something in place of a regular episode. But I'm pretty sure we missed one week and I was super sick and somebody else was had a family emergency or something like that. And uh, that was super early on. So we hadn't we didn't really know that it was going to be a. This is absolutely every week, no matter what. But we've actually mm-hmm. done that. So, um, well, Christ, but, look at how many times I've died and come back. Yep. <laughs> but uh, let's let's move on. I don't want to make this too much of a circle. Yeah. <laughs> For our last episode, we're allowed. Yeah. Well, yeah, but also, <laughs> eh, but I feel like, but I feel like we, our listeners just want one more regular. 
<laughs> seem to love us a lot. Um, I guess I'll, uh, it's my turn. Or is it mm-hmm. Jordan, Jordan go yet? I don't know. I have spaced I, out a little I bit. I mentioned a couple mm-hmm. of things already. Okay. Yeah. I guess, like, my favorite moment in, in like, the actual show, um, well, I want to include a moment from Beast Wars and one from Beast because it's, like, the end of the podcast. Beast Wars, it would have to be, like, the, the, the conversation between Tigertron and Dinobot in, um... Oh, know, in Law of the Jungle? Yes. Yeah. But they kind of, like, discuss, you know, how violence is sometimes the answer. And, mm-hmm. um, I, and in, in this series, hmm, my favorite moment. I mean, like, it's kind of basic, but I like that fight scene a lot in this episode. Like, no, it was a good was, fight scene. Yeah. It was, it was like the best fight scene in the whole series. And I think they did it really well. Um, and as for the, my favorite moment on this podcast, recording it, um, I think everyone kind of covered all the real good ones, but on a real personal one, uh, my reformatting on the show was a fun yeah. moment where it's a, where you got the transformation sound effect and, you know, I've transformed into <laughs> Aveline. That was really fun. And I'm glad I thought, I think it went pretty well. And, mm-hmm. and I, and I like, you know, it also was just a really affirming episode to record because like I told you guys before we even started, um, you know, if you guys say my dead name, can you edit it out? I and mean, then you guys have never said my dead name. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciated that. So yeah, like uh, that's probably my favorite stuff about this uh, podcast and the, the, the shows we've watched. Cool. Okay. All right. Moving on, Jordan. Okay. So then we got a couple of Twitter uh, things here. So powerful sapphic aura at what is cosplay asked us, what's your ideal hot dog top- topping? Will you be playing REM's end of the world over the end of this episode? What are your favorite character arcs from both series? I um, think we sort of went over the character arc. Yeah. Did we? Well, yes. I, mean, still, I still like Jets and Slash Silverbolts uh, in Beast Machines, like, kind of transition. Yeah. Like, you know, sudden reveal and such. Because, I mean, like I said at the very beginning, I just love how uh, Jet Storm is. Yeah. And, it, and how he takes it in just a different corniness that uh, that is to Silverbolt. Yeah, I was gonna say I like I like Black Arachnia's character arc in the first series, and real quick, I liked um, probably Cheetah's character arc in the second series. Uh, as for hot dog toffees, uh, I actually just like ketchup and onions. Like I'm, I know it's probably not like best things that to put on them, but yeah. Um, ideal. I mean, what I usually have on a hot dog is just mustard and ketchup. But ideal, it would be that and onions, and probably that's it. Like I might sometimes want something a little extra special where i'll put like barbecue sauce on it or like i'll put like pickles or you know pickled jalapenos something like that just kind of like switch it up um or or alternatively just having a chili cheese dog is fucking awesome i was i was gonna go with that (laughs) yeah i was gonna yeah i was gonna go with chili cheese dog um if i don't have chili cheese dog as an option um ketchup and mustard are always really good for me um lots and lots of mustard i like mustard uh, cheese. Um, I'm trying like a good old cheddar cheese is I find really good on a hot dog. Um, then if you like toast the bun, so I, I'm really relatively simple when it comes to hot dogs. So you know, aside from that, I'm I'm not too much on the hot, like I don't add too much else to hot dog. So this is this question is near and dear to my heart. Um, <laughs> I've put a lot of thought into hot dog condiments over the years. Um, so it does definitely depend on my mood. Um, ketchup and relish is the, is if I just want a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I will do the next, the next topping to add is sauerkraut. Um, if, uh, if I want to go a different direction, 
Um, I will have a, a Coney dog. That's what we call chili dogs in Ohio. Uh, <laughs> but it has to be specifically using Skyline chili sauce. Uh, or, you know, chili. It's chili, but it's like specifically made for to put on a hot dog. Uh, so it's okay. got like a little, it's a sweeter, it's got a, a sweeter and a cinnamon, a little bit of a cinnamon uh, flavor to it. Uh, and they hmm. put, and they also, okay. they put, they have magical cheese. It's, it's just mild cheddar cheese. That's like shredded really thin, but it's mm-hmm. got, there's, I think there's like wax or something in it that makes it del- extra delicious. Um, So that's, that's the thing. Yeah. So that would be the, and then Coney sauce, no mustard. Cause mustard is, I can't stand it. Uh, I have once I have again. Done, you you and I our food palates like go head to head. Look, so so there are there are we've had a lot of discussions about food on this <laughs> on this podcast. So mustard is a very personal hate that I have. It's not Uh-oh. something that I think that food is objectively worse with mustard on it. I just mm-hmm. can't. I can't. I if I I will. I gag when I see somebody like it's a it's a phobia that I have or something. I must have somebody must have eaten mustard and then punched me in the face when I was a child or something like that. Aww. Like it's yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll makes, try to refrain eating mustard if I am ever in your person. It makes it makes uh, my wife is not allowed to have mustard. Um, but yes, that's those are the those are the sort of the three the three tiers of hot dogs is the um is the ketchup and relish and then uh ketchup relish sauerkraut maybe onions or or peppers or something if i wanted like a more complicated one of that genre or i or i'll do the uh the skyline chili dog um as far as my favorite character arc uh probably rat trap this oh, his whole yeah. his yeah. whole arc from the series yeah yeah because he he developed over the yeah everything i, I forgot to say base is good oh yeah oh, bacon's yeah. good mm-hmm. Oh, pigs and blankets. Oh, those are good too. Not a hot dog though. It's something different. It's a whole different food. <laughs> it involves hot dogs. Now, do you guys prefer uh, all beef or the more traditional like pork and chicken uh, hot dog? I prefer the all beef myself. Uh, both are good. I have no idea. <laughs> like I have, I have never actually like put. Okay, I. For me, it's for me. It goes back and forth. Like I could eat. It's it's actually kind of like chicken and chicken and steak. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't. I I like at its best. Uh, the the best hot dog would be an all beef hot dog, but mm-hmm. I couldn't have that hot dog every day. I can no. have a chicken and pork hot dog, and I probably do most days. I feel like I I usually have all beef here, but it's not a big deal if we don't get that. Yeah, you know, whatever. Obviously, all beef is 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 definitely better in like mac and cheese. You're gonna put it in that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm trying to remember what else we have with that question there. Uh, uh, character uh, arc. Yeah. J- Greg, you haven't said your favorite character arc. Um, for me, I, I mean, I, over the course of the of this podcast, I've I've spoken how highly I've really enjoyed Rhinox. So I I liked his arc, and I liked how it concluded with Beast Machines. I just wish that we could have gotten a little bit more of it, but I I really like Rhinox. Yeah. And as far as playing REM's end of the world over the end of the episode, uh, I pondered that. I'm not sure if I will or not. Guess you'll guess you'll have to wait till the end of the episode to find out. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. And then we have one more Twitter question, question and comment from Jasmine Marsh at Pidmon. And they say, bring it in, guys. Every Optimus and Megatron run in for a huge party. But yeah, congratulations and happy trails to listeners now and in the, the future. 
Any wise words to the lucky fan coming across this archive in 2020? Ooh, um, here's what I'm going to say as far as wise words. If you came across this podcast and you were looking looking to listen to something and you for any reason have gotten a spark of interest in doing a podcast, do it. Find, find some way to do it. Uh, find an interest you love, a passion you have, and either... And pursue it. And pers- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but for, for me, I got into this because from listening to other podcasts and just, you know, dipping my toe in, guesting, then, you know, having this passion for Transformers and, and wanting to talk about it more with people. And it, it led me to to having a friendship with, with all of you here is led to me having uh, friendships with all of the listeners that have, have commented and provided us with feedback. And I appreciate it immensely. And you're doing yourself a disservice if you're thinking about doing it and you don't do it because a, you don't want to regret it and b open you up to so much more than what you can possibly imagine. That said, don't start a rewatch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. I already started one. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you do, if you do be flexible with the format, because I do, I do think that where, um, where, or, or be, you know, be aware of your, of your source material, because I do think that a lot of rewatch podcasts will run into a, a slump in the show, whether Mm. it's, whether it's a, a string of, whether it's just a string of bad episodes or a bad season (laughs) Or whatever, and it and it does kill the it does kill the momentum or kill the excitement that you have if you can't uh you know do it. And then also like also everybody does podcasts like do better. <laughs> I think in tw- by twenty twenty, I, I feel like that's a, if, if you want to do one, do one. It's like, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, but don't do it. But yes, if you want to, you can do it. <laughs> by tw- then again, by twenty twenty, they're gonna be like rewatch podcasts. No, I I do future watch podcasts. I, my podcast is about. I look into the future and and watch a show from future and then talk about. It. That's probably what's going to be. This is technology like moderate, like moderately occupied bungalow. They, Even they more moder- moderately moderately they moderately occupied bungalow. <laughs> yeah, they they um, can all they can see into parallel universes as well. It's the same. The it's the same thing except for the Olsen triplets didn't do it. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out that uh, if this is exactly in 2020. There is a, I'd say, 60 to 70 percent chance that I am still keeping an eye on the uh, the Gmail account. So if you actually have something you want to say to us after the fact, then uh, there, there is a chance we will still see it and I'll pass it along to the others. Absolutely. So, yeah. So don't ever feel like, oh, I'm sorry I missed out on getting to say anything or anything like that. Like you, you could still can because we'll be around. Oh, yeah. Em, how about you? Um, plugs now. Sorry, I got distracted again. <laughs> Anything um, you want to say to people? Any, the, any, the yeah, any wise words to anybody who might be listening to this a couple of years in the future? We could just uh, Conan O'Brien in the year 2000 sketch. I mean, my any advice to listeners, like, like just in general? In the yeah, future. Sure. Okay. Um, like, be true to yourself. Like, just be you. Do what you want to do. Like, don't let, you know... I know insecurities, anxiety, all that shit feels real heavy, but like just just do your best to move forward and be you 
and make a rewatch podcast if you want to, even if Kendall tells you not to. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh, I got another one for because it's the future. Everything that's coming out now sucks. Watch stuff from 20 years ago. <laughs> Everything <laughs> used to be better. Now it's bad. I, 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 and I hope things are better now um, in terms of the, the world. Uh, but yeah, uh, like, yeah, just 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 live your truth, everybody. Peace out. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I can't say it in a non-corny way, but it's true. No, I don't. I don't think it was corny. I think it was very, very well put. All right. So, was, was that all we have for for comments and questions, Jordan? Yep, that was all we had. Okay. Um, I just want to take a, a quick sec before plugs. I just want to say again, thank you to all of you who are listening to this, whether it be now, a week from now, years from now. I don't know how long. Um, all of the participation that and questions and comments and pictures and it's meant a lot to us and we are glad that you've stuck with us all this time we hope that you stick with uh all of us who who go on these diverging paths now um and that you continue to enjoy it It, it's meant a lot to all of us uh i wish i had enough time to give a shout out to every single person who has said something to us whether it be a question or a comment first would take a lot of time and unfortunately it is getting a bit late um but you are all appreciated it's meant the world is especially to me to know that there are people out there all over the globe that have listened in and that we have done something to 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 make you feel good or enjoy an hour and a half two hours out of your day uh to just escape and listen and it's it's appreciated so thank you uh with that being said uh does anybody have anything that they want to plug uh going forward well uh i'll still plug game apartment 1c uh dan's still working on some stuff the retrospectives that he does are actually really nice though if you haven't if you haven't taken a look there like he he has a uh ad syncope narrate like a little thing that he makes and they do go into really neat in-depth some things like uh on like the the creation of uh metroid and castlevania and stuff like that um but also uh plug jesse cooper's podcast with uh creepy critters and alphabet flight and i'm working on a new podcast called what's mccracken yeah the zero episode should be out by uh by now and hopefully the first one too like i'm still playing that for it to come out uh actually before this one's supposed to release so so it should be there so look forward to that cool m how about you um you can catch me uh from you know going on forward if you still want to if you don't listen already listen to the other podcasts i'm on and want to keep getting content from me you can listen to me on teenagers of attitude uh home for minute losers and in pursuit of passions um and you can also catch me on live stream every saturday at uh what is it it's 9 p.m central time uh, Silver Pines, which is an, a tabletop RPG about Luke from TWA and uh, Let's Play GMs. And it's set in the 90s in a TV station, and we all have supernatural familiars called channels. And we don't know what the fuck's going on yet, but join us and find out. <laughs> Kendall, how Also you? catch me. Oh, sorry. Okay. I always forget the Twitter. Also catch me at This Is Emerald. <laughs> Where you'll see a lot of pictures of me and my partner in the next coming few weeks. <laughs> Kendall, how about you? You can find everything I do at kendallcast.ninja. It will definitely exist, at least for the next year, because I just paid for it. Um, <laughs> also, at K Hallman on Twitter. 
and the Kendallcast feed on uh, iTunes or Podcatchers. I've got a lot of uh, podcasts. I think I'm. I think the direction I'm taking with Kendallcast is I'm going to do whatever I feel like, and sometimes that's going to be a series of shows, and sometimes that's one show. But I'm just going to try to keep making stuff. Uh, and you know, it would be nice if people listen to it. Everything is in mind. Until next time, don't be a kitchen fink. <laughs> Sorry, I wrong podcast. <laughs> uh, for any who like following me, you can still follow me on Twitter at Greg CMUN. I'm pretty much the only one that doesn't have a podcast that I'm immediately <laughs> moving to. Um, but you will be you're catching me. Oh, stuff. yeah. I'll, yeah, you're I'll the you're the Seinfeld. You're the Jerry Seinfeld of this show. Yeah. Like you, you're just going off and retiring. The rest of us are all going to go off and try to do our own things and fail. Yeah. No. No. I was about to say you're making me feel really old. Kendall Emily's the retiring. Emily's the Julia Louis Dreyfus of the podcast, what? so she'll she'll actually have a successful career after that. <laughs> I'm obviously Kramer. Oh God, no, no. I don't think I don't think we have a Kramer. I like to think we do not have a Kramer. <laughs> no one just no one just burst into the podcast and yeah. Like that. <laughs> um, but I will I will put it this way. Um, and I'm gonna steal a quote from my favorite wrestler. Uh, the only thing for sure about me is that nothing's for sure. So you'll you'll catch me every once in a while. Um, as always. Uh, thank you to Audio Entropy. Uh, tons of other podcasts, other content that's been mentioned here. Uh, Teenagers with Attitude, Silver Pines is up and running now. Totally Reprise, uh, Home for an Infinite Losers. So many podcasts. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to check them out, check out AudioEntropy.com. We've also got the YouTube channel. Uh, I know I, I, we maybe had some dis- minor, minor discussions, but I do believe that this year we're going to be looking to try and do the fundraising that we did like last year uh, for, for sick children's hospitals. So that'll be fun. So you can keep an eye out for that. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's been a ride. It, it's been something. So for War and Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. I've been Kendall. For the last time, let's roll for it. So see ya. <laughs> Keep job, calm everybody. and truck on or something. Jo- yeah. Jordan didn't say anything at the end, so I don't know when to stop the recording. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't have anything. <laughs> it's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and airplanes. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. Eye of a hurricane, listen to yourself, turn world, serve its own needs, don't must serve your own needs, feed it up and knock, run, run, no strength, no leader Something, something, whatever. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. I feel fine. Fuck it, I'm not learning the words of that shit. Tournament, 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 tournament